0: Hello, everyone, and I'd like to extend a warm, cringe evangelical welcome to all of you. Um, Today, my guest is Sarah, a, a violinist, a triathlete, and a banger. I actually don't know what you're like. Yeah. <laughs> God, plays you is. Okay. Yes. Um, We met in college. I actually met her the week she did uh, Accepted Students Week, and she was very excited mm-hmm. to go to, to TLC, which was like a Bible camp at a Christian college. So... Oh.
1: I forgot about that. Oh my
0: God. I was always invited to that. I was very invited to that because all my pastors went to that college.
1: Yeah. I think that's the last like deeply Christian thing I did other than work yeah. at a Christian camp. When we came that's...
0: back from summer, I was like, this is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, um, Ooh, boy. You can introduce yourself how you would like to, and then we will start. Okay. Yeah, I mean
1: you got the main points there. Uh, I think the other important things about me in the context of this podcast is that I was homeschooled, but not I'm not a day one homeschooler. I started um in third grade. So I had a little bit of worldly influence before that started.
0: Your right. mom is <laughs> someone we to took advantage of, kind of. Like she was like a um, boss space when she converted, right?
1: yeah yeah my mom was an adult convert she lived a hard life in her teens and early 20s and um my parents uh met through big being bikers so like they were not christians they both used to drink a lot and go out to strip clubs for fun Mm -hmm. together and they got married in a saloon and their wedding pictures are on my dad's harley
0: so very different than that threw me I can see where yeah. to the stability of a church once they had like a human child in their house. Yeah. Well, so my stepdad is my stepdad. So, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
1: there was, there was already, we were already around, right? But that's so they got married in 2001. And then um I am sort of the reason personally that my family started going to church. Um,
0: yeah. Tends to be babies that is the number one reason um, people identify as going to church as having a child
1: yeah well I had I was starting to ask questions when I was like six-ish and my mom was raised Catholic in the Irish way uh, in the American Irish way I don't know but anyways so she, <laughs> she um, so she started taking me to Catholic Church and then uh, i hated it and somebody invited us to a vbs and that's where it all began
0: nice so as yeah. you know we start with an irrelevant question that has nothing to do with anything else we discuss um yeah. facts about sarah she lived a semester in london england um it's true it's true and then she, you went to ireland actually on your holiday i went for five days to ireland yeah yeah, she went to uh for that big big heritage. So, um one second, Henry, my cat is under the table biting my ankles.
1: Oh, that's upsetting.
0: All right, whatever. All right, I'm giving him the cherry one. I, <laughs> I feel can- like Henry is also a character in this podcast. Yeah, Henry is always a character. Like last time he was watching me with like an angry look from like his throne chair, which is the nice like yellow one, but now he's yeah. he's angry. He can tell I petted a kitten at the Italian fest. One second. I'm gonna mute myself and then put him away. Getting room time now. All right. Um. So my irrelevant question for you. Um. So as we know, in the past couple of weeks, Colleen Ballinger hired Prince Andrew's lawyer to defend her, which is always a good sign when that's who you hired. So my question to you is: Now she's got, um, you know, pure access to one of the most famous men on earth. Will Colleen Ballinger do a mukbang with Prince Andrew? Um, you know, I think she should. Yeah. Um, at this point,
1: her we'll her image is ruined. Yeah, and all she can really go for is like that Trisha Paytas angle, where people just watch you because you're a train wreck. You know?
0: Yeah, I was thinking he's the only famous person that would person that would work with her because yeah, Colleen Jill- yeah. Maxwell can never forgive her for not giving her that tip. She should have just shredded an electric guitar at her trial. She'd be out of jail right now if Colleen would have told her that honestly honestly oh i think it's got to be prince andrew um other people this lawyer i mean she's got access to the top of the top danny masterson from that 70s show unfortunately he's too busy being in jail or else um he could be in the mukbang with her
1: can they can't you do like facetime in jail these days now i mean like joe exotic was oh, on freaking netflix from jail so that's
0: true but you can't well, you can get interviewed from jail because like all the like s- like serial killers get interviewed in jail or yeah. whatever. Um, but you. So it's difficult because if you're famous, you get like a lot of leeway, you know. So like Danny, white, yeah, Danny okay, white. is yeah, <laughs> Danny <laughs> Masters, white, famous. Like he's probably facetiming in jail. But then again, like Harvey Weinstein, he's in Alden, which isn't far from here, and he actually got beat up so much. He he's not allowed to be around the other prisoners. He gets like no benefits because everyone hates him. So it really, depends. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Like I would think. uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think doing a mukbang from jail is objectively bad. But then again, they let Ted Bundy like impregnate a woman while in jail. So Yeah, yeah. But also yes. like imagine a
1: mukbang from jail of like jail food. And it's not just like the food that you serve, but it's like the random like snacks that you're hiding in your cell or whatever. Right.
0: <laughs> I think she <laughs> It's like Kylie and Danny live from jail. <laughs> Chris Knopf, oh, yeah. the city he, Brian Singer, who was a oh, I can't even say what Brian Singer did. Yeah, this uh, lawyer, this lawyer really does the best of the best in terms of bad people. Like if it's a really bad yeah. person, he did it. Like Prince Andrew, he's bad. He's objectively bad. So, so his is
1: his selling point as a lawyer is like I will help you get the least amount of jail time. Like yeah.
0: specifically for for child. Oriented things, if that makes. I'm not. Oh, so to he's tea. got a specialty. Even he has a specialty, and he. I mean, I'm thinking if he does this mukbang with Prince Andrew and Colleen, I'm thinking, what are they going to do? Should they do like your classic, like English breakfast? Ooh, you, you know what I mean, like a an English tea mukbang. I feel like Colleen has the right amount of misguided narcissism to be a royal family member. Yeah, honestly,
1: she probably like. Let's do the. uh 23andMe kit right now. Let's find out. She mm-hmm. definitely has colonizer in her blood. So.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I read recently is that the sister has a different dad. Oh, shit. They're a homeschool family. Did you know that? Talking about homeschool. Colleen Ballinger grew <laughs> up homeschooled. She Does she homeschool her kids? They're not old enough I've yet. Her you? brother does. He homeschools mm. them with
1: a Christian homeschooling program. Do we know which one? Because I have opinions. opinion. Let me know.
0: This is a great segue because this family—no one's talking about it. They're super evangelical. Like the dad wears shirts that say "like Jesus Christ" instead of Coca-Cola and stuff. Oh my god, I used to wear those. (laughs) Yeah, I I had one that said "I'm not lucky, I'm saved," and I had a little four-leaf clover.
1: I had. Okay, this is about one of the cringiest things I may have ever worn uh, in my entire life. When I was like 11-ish, I thought it was a good evangelical tool to make a shirt that said, Ask me why I'm homeschooled. (laughs) (laughs) And it was made in like block letters with like markers, and it wasn't even even. And I did like different colors for every letter and it was like right it's like it's awful and there's pictures of me on facebook to this day in that shirt if you dig deep enough
0: <laughs> all right here it is it's called sunlight oh this is good oh, oh yeah it's sunlight oh, man, like jesus christ the sun light that's the curriculum yes
1: my mom wanted to do sunlight um sunlight is like uh uh if i remember correctly it's like a you read you learn through reading right so they have a big emphasis on Mm-hmm. reading different important like pieces of literature and then you do like study yeah. guides to them and it's like you learn
0: which honestly the concept is
1: great but you know the lens that they're teaching through obviously right
0: <laughs> so just my microphone was off for a little bit but you could hear me fine right yeah i couldn't okay it got messed up all right anyway so if the sound's off like a little bit before that just know microphone failure so i guess we're gonna get started sarah What sort of cringe do you want to belay us with today? Yeah, so I think it's important to note that uh, I think it was when I was 12, a very
1: wild time of life. When I was about 12 years old, I decided I was convicted, shall we say, that I was only going to wear skirts, no jeans, no sweatpants, Mm. nothing.
0: Paying homage to my famous feminist song I wrote my senior year, women should be allowed to wear jeans. (laughs) Oh, I remember that. That was (laughs) iconic. (laughs) Um,
1: No, so this was inspired by many different layers of things. Um, so we know the Duggars have gotten some, some light, uh, limelight recently. Uh, they were probably inspiration piece number one for this point of my life. Um, You know, at this point I had been part of the church for like six years and I was like heavily, it was my whole life and I was like, oh, how do I become more sanctified? And so I was just under the full belief that if I showed any curvature of calf, then I would stumble the men around to me, which honestly, I think that says a lot about my opinion of my own life, but-
0: <laughs> Curvature of calf. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But basically, yeah, I, I, this reminds me, my dad was into like working out at the gym when I was in high school. Like he'd go to the gym with us, like after school, whatever. Like not like in a weird, not in a weird way, but like in like he like the whole yeah. family, like, my mom, my dad, all of us. And he was like obsessed with his like calf muscles and like getting them oh, like ripped. Yeah, anyway. Yep. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. So basically, the Duggars, I watched them religiously. I literally, like, I they were, I thought they were the best thing in the world. I literally wanted to be them. I wanted to, like, marry one of them. Like, that's, I was obsessed.
0: And, uh, yeah, it's questionable. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot and- to say congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you. Future... I'm- Mrs. Still Sarah Madden, but married. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. Um,
1: yeah, so I was inspired by the Duggars, and then also, around this time in my life, I went on uh, three consecutive summer mission trips with Teen Missions International. I will name drop there. Okay? Mm-hmm. Teen Missions International. Ooh, we could get into some problematic discussions with I'm going to look
0: up their website right now.
1: Oh my God. Oh, you're getting into a beautiful thing. I'm listening, but I like to always
0: know what we're talking about. So I can ask important questions. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I went on three mission trips, uh, the summers of being 11, 12 and 13. And they, um, they only allow you to wear long pants. So pants are allowed, but you have to wear full length in the summer and you go, you start in Florida in June for the first part of it so a lot yeah. of people wear pajama pants for the portion of being uh, in florida so that they can survive the heat and then Wait, you, you weren't
0: allowed to wear shorts
1: no shorts <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> yep and then when you go to certain countries um and i think teen uh houghton does this too if you go to tanzania i don't know you have to yes, wear skirts
0: yeah so so i will tell you from experience the reason so when i did east meets west Mm-hmm. which was a program that took me to the uh, Balkans region. I did like the seven countries. We didn't have to wear skirts. The rule was no branding. Like no, like, okay. because they don't wear like branded shirts like we do. They're not as like, they're more that. So we were, it was all plain shirts. Don't promote a brand. Um, mm-hmm. The whole idea was more to not look aggressively American and to be respectful of the culture. So okay. we had to have skirts for the mosques because we were in Bosnia. Yeah, so we had, that, so that was like a pure, but like you could wear pants or shorts yeah. like, to the knee that was more at least on our end we were going to a, like a lot of like orthodox churches and mm-hmm. culturally like according to the um melanie who was like our guide uh and was like his former student like we dressed in a way that was like more well you know what it's like because you've been out of the country too like just didn't, that yeah. made more sense yeah
1: yeah yeah so when i went specifically when i went to south africa um and any country we went to for church, you had to bring skirts, but when I was in South Africa, anytime we would go out pretty much, we were wearing skirts or our team missions uniform, which is blue jeans with this ugly, they updated it since then, but it was an ugly maroon shirt with a team missions logo patch on it. Uh, And we were like all dressed the same, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, anyway, so I went on those trips around the same time as, you know, loving on the Duggars and then also, my family was shifting um, from like a mainline evangelical non-denominational church to becoming part of fundamentalist Baptist Calvinist crap. So we were just uh, moving farther and farther to the right uh, by the day. And everyone, when I made this decision, thought I was so holy, but also like I could tell they some of the kids probably also were making fun of me, you know, which is yeah, valid.
0: yeah, no, that's a real <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's shitty, but it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: I, you know, I had those big flowy denim skirts, and I, I would wear them. Used to go to the homeschool skate at the local roller skating rink twice a month, and I have distinct memories of wearing it there and i was in, i was in a commercial for them fun facts wearing a skirt um was but it here's, a here's, skirt? no here's the thing that's the worst about it so i'd get my skirts at like goodwill because in the modern day of even when i was 12 nobody was fucking making these skirts at normal stores anymore because they're ugly as hell um so i would get i would get all my skirts at like salvation army goodwill whatever and but i still really like wanted to be fashionable Mm -hmm. so i was trying really hard to make my tops like cool while wearing like a big ass denim skirt so when i was 12 that would have been like 2010 um i carly was really big i don't know if you remember the style of like the layered like long sleeve shirt with the short
0: sleeve shirt oh Oh every day. I, I I was Miranda Cosgrove's greatest warrior. Anyway, continue. Yeah. No, so I was obsessed, obsessed, um, with that style. And then I also had those like
1: dangly earrings from like Hot Topic, but probably claire's because I wasn't allowed in Hot Topic. Um of the like the spiky gel ball things. Oh my god. Because yes. I was trying to be edgy-ish. I don't know, yeah. but I wasn't edgy even a little bit. Um <laughs> so i had a lot going on i was trying to figure myself out here you know and it's so funny because i only did this for a year because i think i just got sick of it or i like i don't even really remember why i specifically stopped i remember my mom being sad about it she was like i feel like you're losing your convictions and i was like yeah (laughs) but i don't know (laughs) so i did this for a year and then I, I i remember being taught the four finger rule for how low your shirt is so four fingers from your whoa. collarbone this isn't the
0: short thing see i always used to it at the end for school because i went to public school oh it was, yeah, I yeah the tips of your wow so there's a four finger rule for your shirt for your shirt so it's four fingers if you put your um hand on your collarbone oh, right where, okay it's right where your cleavage technically starts yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically okay. cover the tips <laughs> yeah um you know, cover and I, the line I, in between them that's just more chest yeah basically
1: so it's funny because in high school i was fully in the like super crazy reform church which um it's called we were associated with the national center for family integrated churches which i would liken to a not as intense version of the iblp that the i was about to say
0: of. i heard, know that name because it's always put in that discussion though Yep. It's yeah. Well, it's very close to, s- um, Vision Forum too. It's very, very similar. Yes. Yeah. And I remember being so
1: shook when I found out somebody did a bad thing. You know, who knew? But that's Ooh.
0: every group now. Oh, you, do you not know about the scandal? I want to know <laughs> about the scandal. I'm on, They have a podcast too. We're gonna have dueling podcasts. Let's go. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, I'm trying to remember. I know Vision Forum is like Bodhi bacham or whatever his name is and then well
0: doug phillips was doug phillips
1: Phillips. yeah Yeah. he's the one with the scandal he was found to have been in an inappropriate relationship with like a young
0: woman i'm a disciple of reverend jen so i keep up on all the vision forum tea yeah no so vision forum was like i was that was like mainlined into my bloodstream
1: we used to Mm -hmm. like buy books from them and listen to podcasts and go to conferences and what's that sermon audio oh
0: yeah, My parents yeah. had
1: sermon audio on all the time.
0: Was Vision Forum the one that did the the iconic Thank You Michelle uh, Woman of the Year Award where all the girls from Girl Defined were like, thank you, Michelle to Michelle Duggar because she won Mom of the Year for just literally having like a million kids. Probably. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to send you the video about that. It, I'm going to send you the Fundy Friday's Vision Forum video so you can cackle or maybe get Ooh. triggered. Your choice. Yeah. I think it's
1: both. I like... I, I find laughing at the triggering things like healing <laughs> yeah 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 no so it's I see I have a very interesting perspective on all of these groups because I was only part of them for a relatively short period of time I know yeah. a lot of people who their whole lives were part of these groups and then when things happen like the Doug Phillips thing it was like Earth shattering to them because that was like their everything. But my family, we were like weird. We were always moving towards something um for a while until my mom was excommunicated. Um <gasps> how'd that and, happen? Yeah, can't so, it out if you don't want it on the podcast. No, no, no. 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 She's bitter too, which oh, okay. is ironic, let me tell you. So I'll just yeah, so we started like when we first started going to evangelical church, it was more like um charismatic, um, type of church. And then, um, as my parents got into like figuring out what they believed, they kept getting more conserved and more conservative. So we then went to like a Calvary chapel church for a while. Um, and Calvary chapel is very weird. They're like super age segregated. And that bothered my parents because they wanted me to be able to learn what they were learning. They didn't think I should like have it censored, um, which is very telling of where we ended up. Um, and then we ended up going to, there was like an in-between church that we were at, which was like the non-denominational, but like mm-hmm. basically Baptist. And then, um, my parents were starting to have questions about like deep theology. And then they were asking like the this associate pastors, they kept having meetings talking about Calvinism and shit. I don't know. So at around this same time, this like group of people all at this same church were starting their own church which was associated with the NCFIC movement. So timeline wise, um, we, we moved into this like more conservative NCFIC thing when I was like 13-ish. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I, as a homeschooler, skipped a grade. So that's when I was doing high school. Um, I
0: actually kind of knew that because you were younger than <laughs> yeah. um, your, your little crew there, yeah.
1: Yes, I'm a baby.
0: <laughs> um, you're yes. still so, the mom.
1: Um, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we joined this group when I was like 13 and we were part of this fledgling church and it was like a grouping of families. And the whole like main thing was that we were reformed Calvinist Baptist who were family integrated. So all of the children were homeschooled and it was like very much frowned upon if you were not. And we our big thing was that you can't, um, you were not allowed to age segregate because nobody should be teaching the children other yeah. than the fathers and the pastors. Cause it's like a oh. usur- usurpation of the role. Um, only women, like women can only teach children. They cannot teach other men, um, or above like the church in general. So it was very weird. We met at like, a. We were doing like home church for a while, if I
0: remember correctly. I don't a know. Lot I did yeah, a lot of fundies Yeah, a lot of fundies who get disgusted with the church institution will go rogue and do home churches. That's pretty common. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. So we were doing like hymns and I would play my violin and badly at the time I would just read the melody uh, line.
0: Yeah, there's some people at TLC, the plaques I think did this exact thing. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So we
1: were part of that church and then i think there was like two boys that were around the same age as me and they were like raised in this stuff their whole lives and they were like very conservative and like i remember like liking them quote unquote but also like the way i tried to impress them was by becoming like more like into theology and stuff
0: it's really like upsetting. like the girl i met my first week at home that started to like fake breathe heavy and say that's how i feel when men bring up jesus oh my god that's upsetting it was a lot to take <laughs> <on>. <laughs> yeah no Although so we, it's, it's not funny. my favorite pickup line of all time can i just give you my favorite pickup line and oh, all of the, in history i was at breakfast as a senior so i had the right to judge everyone there of course <laughs> and um i would like sitting there because i like to do breakfast alone because like i don't want to talk to people that early in the morning i just no yeah and there's like freshmen behind me and of course they have all the time in the world because this is like their haha eight like part it's like very early on and it was like this girl with like big blonde curly hair and this guy and they were like getting breakfast and flirting but they're both like christian kids so they don't know how to flirt but they're flirting you know what i mean (laughs) and the boy leans across the table now before i start this you know who led zeppelin is right yeah Okay. He leans across the table and he goes, oh, You know who your hair reminds me of? And she goes, What? And he goes, Robert Plant. And then she didn't know who that was because why would a random nineteen year old girl just off the top of her head know the lead singer to Led Zeppelin? So then he goes, Oh my god. It's the lead singer to Led Zeppelin and she's like, ah. Like, okay, you know, whatever. And he, like, shows her a picture. And of course, like, it's not like 1975. So the pictures that come up of Robert Plant first are him, like, today. And he's like 80 years old. So he's like, oh, and it's like this old man on stage with like the gray hair. And I'm like, dude. That that's person hilarious. ended up being part of the uh, group that painted the rock, uh, the American flag over the pride flag. Oh. So, so she, that's what she gets for being a piece of shit is having some man compare her to Robert Plant when she was a 19 year old girl. But anyway, that's my favorite. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Yeah, so here I was,
1: um, you know, trying to impress boys. At this point, again, I was past the skirt wearing phase. That was only a year. I don't know. It was like when you tried to become a vegetarian or something. But. So, <laughs> So during, during our time at this fundamentalist church, uh, I started learning about head covering and that was my new conviction for a while. My mom and I together started to believe that we must cover our heads, uh, all the time. So I was wearing like bandanas, you know, like a farmer girl, but not cute. So I wore them all the time. I try to match the colors with like what I was wearing, which can be done well. Like uh, my future sister in law wears a job, and like I was she just about to looked, say yeah, yeah, she looks so elegant all the time. Like she does it so well, but I was doing it in a cringy thirteen year old way, so not great. There,
0: there, well, that's because he jobs come with clips so that you can keep it in place better too. That's true. That's yeah. true. And and my mom would crochet me some as well. So.
1: Get that in That's mind. a new level.
0: That's a new level. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So we ended up, here's a fun fact. You might not know why I ever moved to Maine in the first place. I, up until then I lived in Massachusetts. We, um, so we were part of this church and then, um, they had a sister church in Maine. I don't even, I think they met at like a conference or something, all these people. So they were like connected and, the church in Maine was a little bit more established. They'd been around a few more years, um, had already gone through some trauma. I didn't learn about till much later. So yeah. Um, and we went up to this like camp called family camp that they were running like yearly, uh, between the two churches and the, like a few other random families. And we were ministered to for a week and fellowshiped and it was so great and my parents actually me involved me as well i don't know i was like weirdly i mean therapists talk about entanglement right so me and my parents had like a weird level of discussing and like things together that we probably shouldn't have and i made a lot of decisions with them yeah, yeah. evangelical families like <laughs> to do that yeah yeah so anyways we all like it's so weird to imagine now, but I remember distinctly feeling that way at the time that we all wanted to move to Maine. We wanted to be part of this other church. We felt called to it. We felt more at home with them. We wanted to be part of their ministry, quote unquote, just, yeah, it's just weird. So yeah, we, we decided to move to Maine and my parents are very like free with um, their jobs. Quote unquote, my mom works for herself and my dad is disabled. So we kind of had that, Uh freedom and I was the only kid left at home. My sister was already out. My brother had been out for a few years So we moved to maine. We my parents bought their first house. This is the first time they ever bought a house too. over a
0: church
1: Over a church and they moved my grandma with us as well our my 90 something year old grandma at the time um, because we were the only ones helping to take care of her and uh, yeah, so we uprooted we moved to maine um during my junior year of co- of, the, of high school and then we became part of the church there we developed a new
0: crush on another guy there <laughs> um he's married now and i mean you I are mean, almost two so <laughs>
1: yeah but like they're like all married and they've been married since they were like 18 oh god okay never mind yeah yeah no i'm like I'm an old widow. I'm a burden to my parents. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we moved, we moved to Maine to be part of this church and they were moving towards the church discipline um, and the excommunication. So at this point in my life, I think is when I was becoming slightly more wanting to be rebellious. I don't know. I was just like growing up. I had a car at this point. I worked like a winter job where I met, normal ass teenagers and they like yeah influenced me i don't know like i think that's like where i had my first kiss and stuff was like i met this guy and i was i felt really awful after that
0: because i was like oh my god i was gonna save my first kiss till marriage like i I had i it was bad (laughs) you're you're not a lip virgin anymore no oh my god poor lips yeah so it's weird because I
1: very much was still like very into church, but I also like was moving away from it in my head and my heart a little bit. I don't know. But so we were part of this church. I was playing my violin. I was doing my school. I was having a crush on the one boy who was even possible to have a crush on basically. And was <laughs>
0: Toton, I was at a campfire with like a bunch of people who went there, and we were like talking about how, like, I'm single, like, there's a lot of reasons for that, but part of it is like Houghton. And this one girl, this one girl who I won't name, but we both know her, she was in the same honors program as you, just a couple years ahead of you. She was like, Well, here's the thing with Houghton every man is either gay, gay, taken, or emotionally crippled, and there's no There's That's no so other way. real. way. Yeah. That's so real. The irony is that I found out after
1: that his little brother liked me. And at the time, that was revolting to me because he was so young. Fun fact, his little brother, I think, is like one month older than my fiancé. <laughs> <laughs> is it your fiancé,
0: my little brother's age? He's 23. Oh, he's younger than Zach. Yeah, he, he's... Oh. 2000
1: he was born in 2000
0: wowzers okay well i mean there's nothing wrong with that i just think it's funny no
1: it's it's just funny because like the difference between 90s and 2000
0: yeah well also like when you're a teenager like i explain this to people like a 15 year old dating a 17 year old is like kind of like a whoa but then like a 25 year old dating a 27 year old is like nothing because it's just like your maturity where you're at in life yeah exactly yeah yeah so
1: that was my life i was living at at this church and um i somebody said something to my mom about the way i was dressing and it made me so angry because like truly i actually very much cared about modesty at this time of my life and i think if i remember correctly the issue was
0: with how tight my shirt was it had nothing to do with how low it was or anything i was i've been disciplined for how tight my gouchers were so yeah. yeah
1: yeah and like i had i developed nice curves and boobs at a young age honestly yeah. like i have a good figure and i like my body and it was very apparent already at this point and so i don't know if i don't even know if it was a mom or a dad who said something to my mom but she like told me later about it and yeah it definitely didn't make me want to wear no. looser clothing <laughs> it pissed me the fuck <laughs> um yeah. So we were part of this church for a while and we, I remember it was getting to the point where we were starting to talk about future stuff for me and like whether or not I was going to go to college. Um, and this whole like train wreck started where, um, I wanted to go on a mission trip one of those years, like back to team missions and, uh, everyone started freaking out and telling me that was a terrible idea that I shouldn't be allowed to go teach. Um, as a woman, I shouldn't go without my parents. Um, and like very wild to me now. But and I was like upset at that time too. I was like, but my heart's for the Lord and I want to go like minister and how could this be wrong and like all this stuff. So crazy. And I didn't end up going because of all that like pressure. I was like, I guess I shouldn't go. And nobody would support me anyways. You know, it's a fundraiser for that stuff, and everybody I knew thought it was bad. So how was I gonna get the money? And so that was like, I feel like when I was a junior, still. And then, like when I was a senior, I was starting to think ahead, and like, was I going to take the SIT? Was I going to even apply to colleges? And mind you, I did apply to colleges, obviously, but I still only applied to two colleges, both Christian colleges, to go yep. study music. Like that's really still so tame. <laughs> and um, so and like, English? I was gonna Didn't go- you do English too? yeah I did a minor I was gonna oh, do a I it was a major, major for some reason okay I was like two classes shy of a major I just gave up <laughs> um so I was um what i gonna say yeah so I like decided to go to college I decided I was gonna go away to college but it was gonna be a Christian college and everybody was like telling me how terrible this was and how I was gonna go change the irony is like they were right <laughs>
0: but <yeah. laughs> I mean, same.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So this was starting to happen. So I was starting to like question all of this because they thought like I did too much out of the home that me going away was terrible. And my mom was like starting to get upset about this stuff too. And if I don't know if you've ever met my mom, but she's like, she's a very pokey personality is the best way to put
0: it. She has to say things. If she thinks I, them. I, I've only known your mom from her reign as Facebook's biggest predator. And I mean predator yeah. as in not like she was creeping on people. She was just like there was like a post, and then your mom would have this like a complete paragraph long response to every post. It was yes. so much. Yeah. She has to say something. That's just how yeah. she is. And
1: so like she was being pokey at church. And it was getting around that my mom was being bitter. This is what they, they she was sowing roots or seeds of bitterness. Oh my body.
0: god. No, that, I was gonna say that's the exact phrasing because I was gonna like help you out. Cause I was like, that mm-hmm. turns you so off. Yeah. yeah. Any critique so, is sowing the seed of biz- bitterness. Yeah. 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 So at one point, I don't remember the
1: exact timeline, because this is fucking trauma, but one point, the church approached my mom telling her that she was doing this, she was sowing seeds of bitterness, and she was very resistant to it. Um, and they kind of like gave her a warning, I guess. And then they tried to like come to our house at one point to, to like confront her. And I think we weren't there, or like we told them we were busy or something. There's like a 10 page letter about this somewhere, but um. I ju- yeah, something happened where, are, like, my insane. parents, yeah, yeah, they weren't, like, directly trying to avoid it, but, like, it turned out that we just, like, didn't end up, or they didn't end up talking. And so we started, like, going to other churches, like, looking, checking them out, and, like, we were kind of distancing ourselves from that church. And then they decided to put my mom under church discipline, and they wrote a 10-page letter detailing, like, what she had done, quote-unquote, and they decided to read it to the entire congregation okay put this in perspective we moved to maine for this church a whole new state the only people we knew mostly were these people Uh, the only friends i had were mostly these people because i was homeschooled my whole life church. yeah and we're trying to like establish some level of newness so like i started going to a youth group and i had a, a job and my mom um, I don't know. She was doing something. I don't remember everything we were doing, but we were starting to like do other things. And so they read this sh- to the entire church and fun fact, my family fucked up the church. <laughs> this caused a huge, a huge like in the church because a lot of people, it did not sit right with a lot of people that like we were being Publicly Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, um, Yeah, this letter was read to the church. It was sent to my parents um, and they were given the conditions that they had to go back to church for three months happily, or that they, we would be outside of the will of God. It would be excommunicated. We could not take communion all these things. And it was directed specifically at my mother. We like, me and my father were considered fine. People could talk to us. But if people talked to my mom, it had to only be about repenting. That was it. So my mom got really, really messed up from this because this was her whole life. Yeah. And she, she like was very unsure. They abused she didn't, her. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't know what was right. And so we ended up going to, like I said, other churches and we were started going to this same one for a while. And they actually knew like the families from this other church. So my mom had a meeting with that pastor there, like asking him, she's like, am I outside the will of God? Can I take communion? Like asking him all these questions. And he like counseled her. And I'm very thankful for him. Like, I probably still wouldn't agree with him on most stuff, but he helped her through that time um, and helped her realize that like people can't decide your relationship with God. Um, and yeah, so that's how we got like quote unquote excommunicated. And so then I just like went away to college. <laughs> I was like, like that was like, I feel like that was right before I graduated and then or maybe like right after i graduated high school and so i was like 16 and then that summer i like i w- i went to the whole well i went to a whole and accepted thing and i like started going to this other church's youth group and we it was like a mega church and we i was getting to know people there and hanging out with them and yeah i just like became slightly more normal <laughs> then i went out and
0: and then it all went downhill
1: in your in in
0: Christian terms in regular terms you did nothing wrong yeah I just
1: became honestly I didn't even like comparatively to some normal ass college experiences I still had a very tame college experience (laughs) even though I went a little wild but it was like I think it's actually an incredibly good thing for my physical health that I didn't go to a bigger college or like a Unquote, I, college.
0: I actually agree because it was like a step more liberal than where i was at for me mm-hmm. and so yeah. if i went anywhere else i would have doubled down on my problematic ideas and probably never changed where i could actually at least figure it out um yeah. i'm saying that having gone there starting in 2014 i think i went there now it's a different world with more internet access uh different political climate but at the time i would agree it was yeah. very similar for me i grew up too rural
1: Yeah. Well, it was like the rural, the homeschool, just everything I was taught. And I fully believed all that stuff. Like going to Houghton was the first time I had gay friends. The first time I actually like considered the concept of evolution of people being liberal and being Christian. Like all this stuff was just so new to me. And then, you know, I also found alcohol and weed. So (laughs)
0: you did i did i did and honestly i got away with that. never mind i won't (laughs) dox the name but you yeah your finsta said it all
1: (laughs) it's true i have a secondary finsta because the first one is the reason i did get in trouble that one
0: time okay but that was because the person who like told on you is a jerk and also that person was 40. no no I learned since then that the person who turned me in is not who I thought it was. Never mind. Okay, that. I won't diss. Even though I still don't like that person that we thought it was for other reasons yes. that are objectively bad and racist. Interesting. Yes. yes. Was it no, someone we um, both know? Was, that someone, was it a, like a mole? Was it a mole? Um, it was someone we both know
1: who I guess liked me and was mad that I didn't like them. I think that's what <gasps> I learned.
0: That's Immature that's messed up yeah, that's sure. <laughs> that's such that almost is what person do you remember like that weird poetry thing where you could just put any poem you wanted and just tack it to the wall oh yeah so In somebody the, wrote the like this house w- or whatever no so like outside i forget what it was called like the bonfire or something and somebody like oh. you could put any poem you wanted and so jeff you remember jeff um beautiful organist yeah. A corn for jeffrey is the p- piece they wrote for him in the composition department anyway um somebody wrote this like weird slut chamy poem um about the person they liked about how like uh one day they'll find their lover but this person just likes low-hanging like slutty fruit and like drew a tree with like <laughs> slut for it was nuts yeah oh my god <laughs> and, like, love- and then like someone put it down and then like jeff like uh organ playing french horn playing jeff he like yeah. took it to someone and he was like i'm worried for this person's mental health clearly something's wrong <laughs> yeah it was a lot <laughs> oh my god oh my god i say
1: my persona of who i was at houghton I was, I feel like I was evolving, and I was super annoying. So I want to publicly apologize to anyone on this podcast who had to endure that.
0: <laughs> I mean, as well, I'd like to apologize to anyone that knew me prior to the year <laughs> two thousand and seventeen. Anyway,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh, it's crazy. You
1: know, and I think it's important to note that the first time we actually like hung out was um, the Mystery Bus tour. Um,
0: you and I. I feel like. Not the do, mystery do you know, bus tour. No, we hung out when you came for accepted students weekend, but you probably don't remember because I was like a student and you were a, a prospective. No, I do. I have like a vague memory of meeting you, but I feel like the first time we actually, like, well, I didn't do the mystery bus tour, so that would be unless you mean prism, um, like the music school. I, you know what? I think I'm having false memories of, yeah, buses. Yes. I think prism I, sat next to, I sat next to Maggie in band. Because we both yeah. played clarinet, and Maggie was yeah. like your bestie, and then I was friends with Day because yeah. Day played saxophone, and that's yeah. We, yeah. we called ourselves the Unholy Trinity, which yeah. I think is cringe and beautiful. I joked that a Day always did a dirtier than that instead of a holier than thou. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, I I think it's um very telling of my college times
1: that um. Our, my very first freshman group, which everybody is like a huge freshman friend group, right? And it's splinters. Squad. Yeah. yeah. It's splinters and splinters and splinters. And we originally had this huge group. And then like one night, some of us did a bad and the others were like, Oh, you guys are terrible and need to be better. And I, be able to I be actually this. remember that. <laughs> oh yeah. So I remember the even Yeah. So there was this split and then we started calling one portion hell squad and one portion holy squad, which i Dear remember God. hell squad
0: yeah. i remember hell squad hell squad yeah, I mean, really- you went to you went to london and then day and maggie i made their fake engagement photo oh um, yes remember says. that and because everybody everyone london was asking me if it was true and i just was losing my shit did laughing. they see <laughs> that i photoshopped their faces over people on jimmy kimmel like how did they think that was real like <laughs> It wasn't, oh, and I'm gonna be honest. I did the Photoshop on Microsoft Word using the remove <laughs> background. Like this was not high end. I, did. I didn't even use the Mac Lab. Like I was in my oh, room my at God. midnight <laughs> because I used to do the uh uh Photoshops of Ian for his music stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I made the like Which, one where ball- well, I made one where Jabrell is the sun from Teletubbies looking over everybody for something. <laughs> but yeah, I used to like do like the little jokey ones, or I made um, you remember. Were you there when Sarah and uh, Heather did their senior recital for cello and percussion? I think that was pre-my time. Or maybe or you were in not attention to them. No, you may uh, have been yeah. I think that was their yeah. senior year. I made theirs like Star Wars. So they were both holding percussion things in their like photo. And then I made it lightsabers. That's, That's probably my finest thing. work. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: I love that. Oh my gosh. Oh, crazy. And so related to the clothes thing, though, as I like progressed to being slightly more normal and deciding to like go out with my friends, I didn't like own anything that was quote unquote, going out clothes. And I didn't know how to buy them. I didn't want to buy them because I was still afraid of like bringing them around my parents and stuff. And so I just fully borrowed clothing from Maggie always. And I ended up tarnishing one of her tops one evening. And she said, Yeah, you can keep that. To this day, I, I, mean, I think Maggie's- she has at least
0: two of my shirts. So, To be fair, Maggie also lives like off the grid basically now and does not give a shit about material goods. She's going to like make her next clothes out of twine and like hemp or something. So
1: Accurate. Maggie is <laughs> my ma- maid of honor and I'll be seeing, I'll be visiting her in the desert in uh, two
0: months and I can't wait. That's exciting. I mean, it's how it should work. Yeah. I think so- we might go to a desert rave. Fun fact. Ooh, so for the next portion, unless you have more you want to say, we can do a challenge. Oh, I'm ready for a challenge. Do you want to do a challenge? Because you didn't do anything punishable. No, I just journeyed. When's the last time you read Pride and Prejudice? Read it? Like college. Do you know enough that you feel comfortable writing in the voice of Mr. Wickham? Oh, gosh you can look I mean, up I, examples of how he speaks
1: i feel like my memory is mostly based off the 2005
0: pride and prejudice which is and, fine you can use the movie i mean yeah. anything involving Kira knightley you can always remember considering Kira knightley is objectively the sexiest person alive that's accurate i did question my sexuality at times watching her did you read pirates in the of caribbean three <laughs> one second this this is relevant okay this is a part of my like sexuality and think it was a part of my sexuality until later and I was like, "Huh." <laughs> anyway. Um but how much are you keeping up with the um Jonah Hill nonsense? Oh my god. Isn't it nuts?
1: I Okay, so I read about that and then I actually watched a movie, or mostly watched a movie, I haven't finished it yet, that was directed and written by him, which I did not even know about until like two, de- two days ago, called The Mid-90s. Have you heard of this? No. It's uh, I don't know how to feel about it. So, it's on HBO Max. So, here's a Natty plug. Um, it's on HBO Max, or, sorry, Max. And um, it's called Mid-90s, and I literally just saw that Alexa Demi is in it, and I think she's hot, so I decided to watch it. Like, that was my only criteria. And... <laughs> So it's like a coming of age of this like I think he's like 10 or 11, I don't know, he's a small boy and he like decides to start hanging out with these like 17-year-olds who are like skater boys and like smoking and drinking and like just, you know, all the things. And there's a point in the movie where this little boy is at a party with all these teenagers and all the girls are like teenagers but actually in real life obviously like 20 plus and she like flirts with him maybe this is a spoiler sorry but she flirts with him and she takes him like to a bedroom and like they do sexual things and i like looked up irl how old the actor age difference was to like because it was really uncomfortable to watch so uncomfortable to watch 15 years 15 years age difference this this was created in 20 it was put. it was published in 2018 i looked up the act The actor boy today is 17 years old ew and the it was alexa demi was the girl who is in euphoria um i don't watch Euphoria. maddie well she plays maddie in euphoria a lot of people know her for that and um who is she's like whatever 17 plus 15 You know 15 is 32 or whatever to this in this current day so yeah i i I just happened to notice like as this credits roll i don't even think i noticed directors half the time and it like his name popped up and i was like oh i'm gonna watch this differently now (laughs) 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 because now i know things about didn't he just make a whole like documentary about like going to therapy
0: too like yeah Yeah, it's been discussed. I don't know. What you doing? This is very relevant. So I will read my tweet while you're uh, doing your challenge. Your challenge is this. Now you were an English minor, so this shouldn't be too bad. Okay. I want you to write. a. So we're pretending that George Wickham lives in modern times. Okay. Okay. You are George Wickham and you have to write a text to your girlfriend as if you were George Wickham playing Jonah Hill. Oh god. Because they're very similar people. They are. Yeah. So it- you have you have a few minutes to do that and while you do that, I'm going to mute your mic and then I'm going to okay. read my my favorite tweets from Pride. Okay. And then at 7:35 Oh, you shit, have, to, you have to have given a tweet with rules for your girlfriend in the voice of jonah hill as george wickham george wickham as jonah hill or Jonah? So I'm gonna, hill as I, I screwed it up the first time george wickham would be the like he's not a real person jonah hill's the actor you're jonah hill but your unhinged enough part of you is like seeping out in your text but you're yeah. playing george wickham okay all right yeah. i will work all on all right it. i'm gonna mute you and i'm gonna read hello and this is Elena from the future doing the uh, interim part again it didn't work the first time and I'm just redoing what I did originally um so what I'm gonna do instead is every time there's a challenge and it has to go silent for the other person I'm gonna read a portion of the uh ship post fan fictions I write on Wattpad under a very well hidden Alias. Now, without further ado, let's start on my inaugural inaugural work. I can speak now. Shrek and Paul Blart, Chapter One. Shrek and Paul Blart meet. By the way, these are shit posts, so they're not—they're bad. Like they're objectively really bad. I just really want you to know it was meant to be written. It was meant to be written bad. So, anyway. It was a beautiful day and Shrek and Paul Blart had both started their new job as security at the local library. Shrek was very excited as he had been out of work for many years after his fifth movie kept being delayed. Paul Blart was excited to add library cop to his resume after mall cop. Pretty soon they heard a ruckus in the back what could that be asked shrek paul blart said nothing and played with the buttons on that Segway or whatever it's called that he has a child was crying and that nonsense was not going to go with shrek shrek walked over to find jk rowling forcibly gendering all of the reading materials what do you think you're doing roared shrek I'm protecting the children by making sure every single inanimate object in this library is set into a rigid binary because I am fearful of that, which I do not understand, protested JK. I genuinely do not know what her real name is. Shrek was a <laughs> Shrek was a woke king, so he was not at all pleased with this behavior. He called Paul Blart over on his walkie talkie to deal with this transgression. <laughs> Trans. Paul Blart raced over on his Segway to take care of the situation as he always does. I will make sure that every book in this library goes into the he or she, nothing in between and nothing switches. I get the last word on all genders of all books. Yelled JK as she stomped her feet and threw multiple copies of the Babysitter's Club into the Born a Woman is a Woman category. The book. The book was Born a Woman, in case you were wondering. All right. Shrek was fuming and puffs of smoke came out of those little antennae things on his head. Shrek was a true pacifist or else he probably would have like tackled her or something. He wasn't sure, but he was about to throw hands. He knew that. Get out of my swamp, bellowed Shrek as the library reverberated in his mighty queer wrath. Blocked, you are blocked to scream JK, not realizing that unlike on Twitter, you cannot just shout out the voices that make you feel bad about your loathsome behavior. No, you're blocked, retorted Paul Blart. Unfortunately, that'd be like a real line in the movie. Um, pushing her out of the library with his Segway and locking the door. Shrek was moved by Paul Blart's show of solidarity in the, ma- in the matter. I forgot I purposely spelled words wrong. Shrek was so moved, he slipped his number and swamp address into the cup holder of that Segway Paul Blart rides around on. Good th- thing for Shrek, Paul Blart loves onions. And that is chapter one of my inaugural ship post, Shrek versus Paul Blart. Don't look for it. It is meant to be stupid. It is in the essence of the Shrobama Shrek and Obama fan fiction. And with that, I believe Sarah has her text by Jonah Hill as Mr. Wickham. Okay. Um,
1: well, I was going for the the long winded version, so I
0: did not get yes, very. Yes, that's far. exactly what I wanted. So I'm so yes. excited. Yes, I did not get very film. far.
1: You biblical, um, biblical
0: girl. Well, just make it up as you go along. Most pastors don't finish their sermons. They just start making it up by the end. My dearest darling, I heard a concerning tale from your
1: most recent trip to Brighton. I scarce believe the reality of this accusation, but I find myself un- Without at least questioning its validity. It was told to me you were found to be in the company of Mr. Heath and Johnson with your ankles in full view. Not only this- well, that's as far as I actually wrote, but not only this, but I it was told to me that in subsequent nights did you visit with Mr. Heath and Johnson, you were seen out at a restaurant, you were seen at church, you were seen also at the seaside. Ankles bare each time. If we are to remain betrothed, you must cover every square inch of your beautiful supple flesh
0: <laughs> wow that was actually pretty spot on i'm not gonna lie that was on point that was on point yeah wow that's it i think too he would have been like and you can't talk to any of your sisters especially uh, elizabeth that's so true yeah but that's okay elizabeth i like to think when elizabeth and mr darcy were hanging out with jane and mr bangley like they were swinging a little bit you know yeah
1: that's ooh. i like
0: that not like in an I'm incestual gonna... way <laughs> no, no 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 yeah just like <laughs> like one of the sisters would leave and then it was like all right because i yeah. like to think mr bingley and mr darcy were were porking each other before before the women showed up it makes sense honestly it does i think they yeah. have more sexual appeal with each other than either of the girls I I mean, they have, they're in love <laughs> like i actually. mean my biggest Jane Austen... Well, A, have you read Mansfield Park? If I did, I don't have a deep memory of it. I mean, that's how most people discuss Mansfield Park. So <laughs> I was going to have a funny joke about Mansfield Park, but you have to know like every character's name for this to be funny. Oh, so. that's no, okay. I think that's the one that I cared the least about. That person. is most people's opinion, but that's yeah. okay. Well, Sarah, do you have any last <laughs> words before we wrap this bad boy up?
1: so just to, to maintain an idea of you know the weird world of christian clothing i want to leave you with the knowledge of maybe the weirdest thing i ever wore mm. um when i was about 10 or 11 i i used to ski a lot i still i just try to ski a lot stuff. Yeah. and i i I used to go to Wachusett Mountain in Massachusetts, and they had, and most mountains do this, they had a pond skim at the end of the year where you had this, you would sign up and you'd try to ski across a small thing of water. Um, and the challenge was like they'd put the starting line closer and closer until the last person couldn't ski. And so I decided to do it one year with my friend that I knew from Homeschool Skates. And we decided, because most people dress up, we decided to dress up as Bob and Larry from VeggieTales. And so she she created like sand, sandwich board type costumes out of fabric. She was Bob, I was Larry. Um, to this day, I don't actually know what happened to that suit and I'm a little sad about it. I might've given it away to like a kid or something when I got older. I also at one point had a Larry Bible case, fun facts. Um, but yeah, so I to a very public, pond skimming event where a lot of people wear like bikinis as their costumes uh i wore a larry sandwich board to represent the kingdom
0: wow well (laughs) i think there's no better way to end than with that so for the kingdom thank you sarah (laughs) amen